Break 80 podcast listeners, we're thrilled to have the Sling King himself, Mac Bauscher, with us to talk about his unique approach to the game of golf, and I think our first Canadian that we've had on the pod as well, so welcome, Mac. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, the first thing I want to start with is kind of what got me following you in the first place, and I don't know if this is kind of what got you kind of big on social media or not, but I just remember a shot a couple of years ago, um, and not not to mention you're left-handed too, so that kind of got me intrigued. I'm, I'm a lefty as well, but... It was uh, it was a shot that I, I want to say it was in like an ocean background. Um, you know, you're you're in a, a nice climate. It was probably going back a couple of years ago, and your feet were were actually aiming what looked like to the to the middle of the ocean. Um, I saw you swing, just thinking you're going to try to hit you know as far as you could in the ocean, and all of a sudden it slings back, hits a par three. Um, do you remember that shot? Yeah, so it's funny because that I was wearing a green shirt. I know yes. that. I was like, yeah, Yaz Link. So that was kind of, I always say this, I posted it about maybe a few months ago, maybe a month ago now, I posted it. Um, that was like the shot that really started my whole social media thing. Um, at the time, I started the account in like December 2020, January 2021 is when I started it. That was from like February 2021. Um, I was over in Abu Dhabi for the, uh, the winter time there, just COVID has shut everything down in Toronto, um, making these videos. And that video got shared by like all the big accounts, Liar Golf, Breezy Golf, like PSN, ESPN, Sports Center. They were, they all kind of got a hold of it. So that was the one that kind of got me from like 2,000 followers up to like just under 10,000, um, which obviously is kind of what started it, I guess. For sure. And, and I, don't, I don't, for my listeners, I don't know if you guys have, know this but mac, mac has this like ridiculous talent to, to move the golf ball and it can be left to right right to left um fades or draws and i'm not talking like your normal you know we're talking boomerang slings and we're talking you know even your 20 to 25 handicapper that's that slices the ball would think that that it's you know that they can hit it straight according to this so let's take but before we get back into that stuff i just want to take it back earlier in your golf career i think you at some point were playing some competitive golf um and then you kind of got into the shot shaping business. So I just want to hear about how that kind of, how you shifted. Yeah, so I'll kind of, I'll give you the Coles Notes version from the start. I started playing super late. I didn't start playing until I was like 17, 18 years old. Um, played every other sport growing up. Had an injury that actually forced me to give up all like high impact sports. They found a cyst in my brain that was essentially bruising the inside of my brain, giving me concussion symptoms after anything high impact. So that's when I picked up golf. Um, played competitively, played Canadian Am, qualified for USGA events. Um, I picked it up pretty quick, was self-taught, had some lessons from Sean Foley, um, Canadian instructor that was coaching Tiger at the time. Um, kind of was working my way up through like amateur golf. Then I turned pro, uh, I think it was 2011. I went to Q school and Canadian tour the year that PJ tour bought Canadian tour. Um, and I got conditional status my first time at Q school. So I played professionally from essentially 2012 to 2016. I was never good enough to make a real living at it, I would say. It was more of a um, guy just wanting to take a crack at it and see how far I could take it. I won some mini tour events around like Canada and um, had some decent finishes and like pro events, but it definitely wasn't never going to be like a, a way for me to actually make a living. Then I had wrist surgery in 2016. Um and that's when I gave up the playing side of it and started teaching. So I taught full-time. Actually, I was the head teaching professional on a course in New Zealand from 2017 to like 2020 when COVID hit. So 
was just teaching golf there. And then the social media stuff kind of just happened out of nowhere because I was bored, couldn't really do much. Yeah. Um, end of 2020. The shot shaping stuff has always been, it's always how I've played. It's maybe got a little bit more like extreme since the social media. But when I was playing full time, that's how I played. I hit big slices off the tee. I hooked it a lot. Like it is how I taught myself to golf and how it felt comfortable. So yeah, it was, uh, that's the one thing I always like to say to people is everyone thinks it's just like this way of me finding clout online, but I legitimately just struggle to hit a straight golf shot consistently. My miss is huge. By curving it, I know where my miss is going to be. I know if I hit a massive hook, the miss is generally an overhook that goes right so I can eliminate the left side of golf course. So obviously social media, I can take stupid gaps through trees and do stuff that I wouldn't do in a tournament, but it is very, very similar to how I played when I was playing full time. Has it like impacted your, your, you know, do you play golf for score anymore? Or is it just purely? Yeah. For... So, I mean, I'm, I'm like goal for 2023 is to, to start playing some tournaments again, because I oh, nice. hate that I'm this Instagram guy that like people think that I just suck at golf. It's like, it's um that's been the hardest thing. Like people, I have lots of friends that play in the PGA tour that would, fully vouch for me that I like have beat them in mini tour events and like I've put up good scores. But the problem is is social media only shows a small part of it. And they just think I'm just a social media guy posting these dumb golf shots. So that's probably one of the biggest things that's been like um, bothering me with it since it started is just like constantly getting that. I played a pro event back home. I had sponsor exemption into an ECPP event, East Coast Pro Tour event this past summer. I think I shot like 73 70 or something so the scores are still there like i still i can still put up scores it's not mm -hmm. um but it, it's just less important to me now because i rather just go out and make fun golf kind of videos yeah for sure i you know when you're describing kind of how you play and it's like it, what immediately comes to my mind is bubba watson anybody ever compared and you ever met the guy i've never met him no um obviously that's been like the I guess the stick for a while was everyone was kind of saying that I would say I'm bubble with, without the talent, but yeah, I mean the hands, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, your hands and the ability to just go both ways, you know, and obviously Bubba's well known for a shot out of the trees at, you know, whole 10 at Augusta and, you know, from the shots that we've seen you hit, you know, very similar kind of fun slinging here and there, but I just was curious if you guys ever met. So that's not the, maybe, maybe in the future. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Yeah. I mean, I, he gets tagged all the time in my videos, so I'm sure you've seen my stuff before. <laughs> I'm sure he's got his own stuff on the go right now. Yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. Um, well, one of the aspects I really enjoy about following your page is obviously the shots are fun too, but you give your shots some names. You know, you've got some cool names that you use. Can you tell us about some of your favorite names or kind of shots that you like to hit? Yeah, I mean, I just – I literally just make things up. I think yeah. that's that's the thing with it is it's um, I've, I've got – I always – I don't know why – um, I called like a high draw with a driver, like a high Honda. It was like from the very early stages when yep. I had like 500 followers and it's kind of just like grown with me. I've taken out the odd time here and there. Now it doesn't come out very often just cause people are like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, but yeah, I just, I just make stuff up. Honestly, I just, <laughs> I make these sit there in these videos, sitting on my couch and then just putting things together. And if something comes to my mind, I just post it and not really worry about it. So. Well, that's fun. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of the thing that makes it fun too with your followers, just being able to be creative like that, not just with your shots, but how you post it, what it's about, you know, the content is not just the swing, it's everything involved. And even with that, like, you know, one of the, one of the things I was really curious on is when you go out and play 18 holes, are you going out when you're making your content, are you just going to play 18 filming everything? Are you going out with a mind saying, I'm going to try to do this today. 
on this hole because it's got a cool tree or got the, like, how do you envision your day when you go out to create and make content? Yeah. So for me, it's just, I literally just go play golf. Um, if I see a hole that looks good from the, from like an, I think that's the one thing that maybe set me apart from other people doing it is I feel like I do come from a creative background and I have like a creative eye to pick out something that will look good on video or, um, set the camera at the right angle to make it really showcase a hole. Um, so I think that's kind of become my niche is the shots are cool, but I think just like the, the way I put together the shots, I think is, um, but there's no planning. It's always me just going out, playing a golf course as it comes. I don't video every hole because I don't, I, I want to go out and enjoy golf still. That's sure. my big, at the end of the day, I'm a golfer. I'm not a, um, the videoing stuff happened because I had nothing else better to do during COVID. But at the end of the day, I just like going out there and playing golf. So as little as I can, I try to bring out the video. Um, I very selective if a hole suits my eye and I think I have a good chance of putting together a good score on that hole, then I'll post that one. If the hole doesn't look good to me and it's kind of, it's not going to do anything for me. then I just go play it like I would any other day. How do you pick your music? I just, that's always been, how do you, like, how do you know all these different musics and rap songs and like that? Is that something you just like Google searching or what? Yeah, that's honestly, no, I didn't Google search. I just like, I get asked that a lot and I wouldn't say I was like a major music. I don't listen to a ton of music, yeah. it's just like, but I feel like I've always been a bit of like a, I'll listen to anything. And I, I guess that's another one of the little niches that I've come up with. And I would say that people follow me for the golf and like the golf course is the music. And then like, I think the clothing choices that I have has always been yeah. like something that stands out in the videos for whatever reason. I didn't ever think myself as a much of a fashionista, but it's become like this weird niche and obsession people have with what shoes i'm wearing what pants are you wearing like obviously i get some slack for that as well but exactly uh, yeah i'm that's the internet for you so well and that is you know kind of going off of something you've already mentioned and in, in, in internet you know that's we all know that's kind of a, a crazy place for good and for bad you, you know you kind of mentioned your haters and and people that really try to kind of bring what you're doing which is just entertaining people down you know you know, not believing a shot that you hit or did that take, you know, a thousand takes? I mean, is that something that kind of turns you off on what you're doing or are you, you know, have you gotten to the point where you're good enough to kind of just not let that impact you? I know we're all human and anytime somebody says stuff like that to us, it's very difficult, you know, to take in, but are you gotten yeah, better? I think for me, I've been, I'm very comfortable in like my own skin. I've always, been pretty introverted i do my own thing i've always kind of beat my own drum not much of a sheep that falls the herd kind of um so for me like i knew that i was probably going to get some abuse for it i didn't maybe think that it would be to the amount that it is but i've always said like my family the minute that you start seeing a change in me or i feel like i've had a change in myself or it's actually impacting me then i get rid of instagram and i go find something else um that, that doesn't have that toxicity to it so it doesn't bother me at all though. Like, I'll be honest. I, I look at what I do every single day now and I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to be able to do it. So I can shutter out those five negative comments I get a day and just understand that those people are, are probably people who have their own problems in life and they're portraying it on other people, unfortunately. So I don't think it'll ever get to me with that being said, like the constant, like abuse some people just have, or they just have like this, like, they just want to bring you down all the time. I people, yeah. Yeah. It, it gets a little exhausting at times, but it is what it is. It's the internet. And I think that's something that I've tried to do a good job at is like, I will call people out. I'll put people up in my stories and like, 
give them that attention that they want. And normally when I do that, they're sending me messages after being like, Hey, can you please take that down? Like, um, I'm really, really sorry because all these big accounts don't hold people accountable. So people are just running. That's what our problem with our society is. In my opinion, is there's no accountability for that stuff anymore. People don't say it to your face. No one's coming up and saying like, Oh, nice pants. Like, uh, are they your sister's pants and stuff to your face? Yeah. They're doing it, hiding behind their phone, typing it to you when no one else can, when there's no repercussions for it. So my repercussion is when I see something that's pretty nasty or like I find maybe cross the line a little bit, I'll toss it up in my story. And it's pretty insane. The percentage of people that message me being like apologizing profusely saying, take this down, please. Like, um, because there is no accountability. So for sure, I think that's my way of like going against it is, um, not letting it bother me, but just educating. Shedding light onto it. Shedding light. Yeah, That's shedding light on your day. And I, and I think people are always like, don't spend so much time reading the negative comments. I'm like, you understand that I have to read the negative comments if I want to see the positive comments. It's part of the gig. I can't just shutter out negative comments. I'm human. So I may as well take these negative comments and expose them a little bit. So maybe it changes that person to never doing it again, which for my Obviously, there's some people that are just broken and they're never going to change. But a lot of these people are like sending you immediate apologies, being like, uh, I'm so sorry, like I'm in a bad place with life or whatever it is. So, yeah, pretty well, fun. I can guarantee you if you were like in their town and, and, and you were there, they'd be the first one to sign up to try to play around a round of golf with you. I guarantee it. That's what I would say. Like, <laughs> I, I've done a couple things like that where I'm like, um, I, I think one year I, I just I'm not proud of this, but somebody was being real nasty. And I was like, I messaged it and I was like, Hey man, like I actually, I'm giving away like a, a golf club and like, I've picked you as the winner. And he just all of a sudden switched and was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. Like you didn't want yes. to take a hike, buddy. Like, that's awesome. So. Uh, it just, well, it, 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 it'll never bother me. So, well, that's, uh, that's good to hear because like, like, you know, typically the more, more success you have, the more of that stuff you get. So if you can just kind of keep perspective, what like it sounds like you can, you know, you're, you're doing the right things. That's kind of, what comes with the territory. Um, I know this is an auditory, you know, piece of content here, but I want you to try your best to share with our listeners your art to hitting your monster hook and your giant slice. Like what are the keys to do I, it? So I would say it's all set up. I, okay. I always say, um, so to kind of explain the numbers, cause I think that's the easiest way to describe it without being able to show anything. If I hit like a massive hook or slinger, my, Path numbers are 30 degrees in to out from my target line. So if target's straight, my feet uh -huh. are aiming 30, degree, 30 degrees left of that. And then all I really try to do is swing down that foot line. So if I swing down that foot line with a closed face, then it's going to hook. So it's a lot of setup. People don't understand how closed off I have to get to really make it hook a ton. And then same with slices. I stand super open and then swing down my foot line and just hold my face still or a little bit open and that's going to make it cut. So I say spend a ton of time on setup and learning like how to alter your path. You have to work. I work in a huge extremes. Like it's, yeah. it's most people are like, Oh yeah, I can hit a hook and their path is like nine into out, like nine into out is a normal golf shot for me. Mm -hmm. 30 and out is what I need to feel with like a 16 degree closed face to path. And I know like I'm not a lot, a lot of us aren't doing the shots that you're doing in terms of like in an open field, trying to do all these things, but we can take some of that, whether we're doing punch outs or we have to go around a tree just to kind of get back access to the, 
you know, to the to the fairway, or we've got this little thing in our way. And learning that setup, if you can just set up correctly, you can work the ball out of a punch situation. You can work the ball around something. Yeah, I think it's super important for people to have the knowledge to understand how to do. I think modern maybe coaching has gotten very, very technical and people get very, very like obsessed with like a perfect golf swing, a perfect position. But like 99.9% of golfers will never be able to get into these positions because their bodies don't work the proper way or um, they just... Their, their goal isn't to have a perfect golf swing. It's to go out and enjoy golf more. So I always say that like work on like real basic things and have an understanding of what causes what. And I mean, chronically, I guess most people are splicers with the golf ball. That's what most people yeah. when I'm teaching full time. That's what 95% of people come to being like, Oh, I've got a wicked slice. Like if you can alter their path just from setup to get more feeling 30 degrees into out and go the total other way, then it's a lot easier to get rid of that slice. They need to be able to feel those extremes. So for me, like I found like when I was teaching, I had a lot of, I guess, success just like helping people understand how to go the other way or both extremes, I guess. For sure. So one thing I was going to ask too, so you've talked about the science of like the degrees open and stuff. Has anybody actually measured how far your golf ball has started, how many yards it actually has moved from one to the other? Has anybody kind of have an idea of capturing the distance no, but I, we've, right? I've talked. We, yeah, we've talked with that like i so i'm starting a youtube it's probably going to kind of launch hopefully the next couple months we're just trying to get as much done with it so i can just release like i want to release something that's very like good that i'm proud of so yeah we have an idea that i want to do like yeah do like an actual measure of how much it's actually moving like get the drones get things to make it really find a way that we can like measure total movement um because trackman and GC quad and like all the, the radar things, they, they don't track it properly um, just because there is a lot of movement on them. So it'll be interesting to kind of find a way to, to really gauge how much it's actually curving. You got to go to like a, you got to go to like a football field or something where you kind of can see where it starts, where it finishes. Yeah, exactly. it have, yeah it, it, we'd have to, it would probably take a little bit of thinking out, but I'm sure there's got to be a way. For get sure. Some, get some guys who are good at math to come help. <laughs> You know, the members of this podcast, myself included with, with, with Tim, another guy, one of the things that we tend to do under pressure is move the ball too much. So I don't know, you know, necessarily why that is. If you're under the gun and you're coming down the last couple holes, you're in match play or you're competing in something, the pull seems to be a big miss under pressure. Do you know why that is? I think, I mean, a lot of the time your body just doesn't move altogether like your sequencing gets off and then something fires too early you get active with your hands and then you shut it so that's another reason why for me having like a safety shot is so important so like if i'm under the gun like i'll hit a massive slice where i aim super open swing down my foot line just swing as hard as i want knowing that my face can be as open as i want the most that's going to happen is it's going to be left rough Mm -hmm. um so in terms of why there's so many different things that I think cause big misses for people. I think it's one of those things that are like, um, it, different people have different tendencies, but I would say sequencing is a big one. They, they, uh, something is firing at a different time. So like a little bit of the nerves. For sure. Well, experience and travel plays a big part of what you do. Uh, you've got some golf shots. I mean, from what appears to be some of the most incredible places in the world and the backdrops that you've hit shots on. Share us a little bit of that aspect of your life and, and some of those experiences. Yeah, so I, I think something that I've always loved to do is traveling since essentially, um, I would say 2011. I've been like 
traveling a ton. I spent a ton of time down in Australia, obviously lived in New Zealand, but um, I just think there are so many really cool golf courses in the world. And that's been something that I'm pretty passionate about is trying to find these golf courses. Um, obviously being in Canada, I'm pretty lucky with like courses I have in the mountains and on the ocean out here and stuff. So I have access to a lot of really good ones, but I'd say that's what I enjoy the most about golf is like scenic golf with like mountains and and cool um, kind of features and stuff. So that's my plan with what I'm doing is the YouTube stuff is I, I kind of just want to keep traveling the globe, finding these kind of cool golf courses with really cool views and showcase them. What so give me like your top three? I mean that's probably really impossible to do, but I mean, no, I, I would say I, I would say I have a, a pretty um, clear cut. So my number one favorite course in the world is Jack's Point. I've been saying that forever. It's that course that I actually posted a video yesterday with it in it. Um, I'm gonna be there end of next or two weeks from now. I'll be back there. Okay. Uh, mountain course, got water, mountains. It's just unbelievable. Um, so that's number one. And then Bear Mountain, where I practice in Canada, is probably, um, I would say, pretty comfortable to say it's my uh, my second favorite. It's kind of where I practice my home yeah. base while I'm here. After that, I would say it's a little bit of a, a toss-up. Some of those sand belt courses in Australia are pretty pretty hard to beat, but um, those two are definitely like ahead of everyone else. That's awesome. And we'll, I have a couple of questions. I have a, like a, a, a quick hitter question at the end. It'll be yeah. interesting to see what you say on that. But um, all right, we'll talk about some of the collaborations you've done. You've got, you know, sponsorships from that. You could uh, discuss, you know, others in the golf industry, some similar to yourself, even professional golfers. What are some of those collaborations that you've done and um, ones that you've kind of highlighted or really enjoyed? Um, so, I mean, obviously the relationship I've built with, like, I guess the DP World Tour and doing stuff for a lot of those events, it's given me access to a lot of, like, pros out there and stuff i've become pretty good friends with like rafa cabrero bale um which is nice. cool because i remember like sitting on my couch watching the masters back in the day when he was like in contention in the final round there at the masters and mm -hmm. like now him and i like text each other and and um we've become friends so it, that's been something that's been really cool about it is and even like just like bigger names kind of celebrities and stuff that have reached out to me um saying they enjoy like, the videos and stuff so that never gets old just to know that yeah. like the, the reach is that big. Um, I'm not much of like a fanboy where I don't like put people on pedestals, but it's definitely rewarding knowing that some of these people that spend time watching my videos. Um, and then honestly, like companies wise, like signing with TaylorMade was something that I was like really, really cool to me. Cause obviously when I was playing full time, they were giving me clubs back when I was playing PJ tour Canada. Um, so to have that relationship develop from like playing to like more of like the social media thing, it's, it's really cool. And it's a company that I'm like pretty proud to, to represent. And they've been really, really good to me. Um, BMW, like a few weeks ago, BMW posted a video on their like world Instagram channel yeah. that has 34 million followers with me um, in it, which is again, yeah, rewarding knowing that I created this, social media channel is something fun to do. It's just me being myself. And I kind of did it all by myself and built it to that where now it's being shared on like these massive um, worldwide companies. It's, it's pretty cool. It is incredible. So DP world two, have you ever thought, have you ever thought or been invited to the PGA like a pro-am or something like that? So I, I played in the, um, I haven't done a ton in like the PGA tour, 
Um, yeah, I did the BMW BJ, PJ Championship in Delaware okay. last year. Um, I played in the Pro-Am there with Denny McCarthy and the other guy that I played with. I can't remember. Oh, uh, Brendan Steele. Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. I played with him in the Pro-Am. Um, okay. So I'm sure those, those – I think there's going to be some more opportunity like that coming up to do some more like Pro-Am stuff for PJ Tour events. For sure. Um, which is pretty cool, and I do enjoy it. I think I still enjoy just going and playing cool golf courses with cool people more than like the that type stuff. But any uh, well, uh, kind of going off the uh, off that little uh, tangent a little bit. In you know, we have got a uh, a tournament here in Minnesota called the 3M. Would you ever have any interest coming down to the 3M? I put a little birdie yeah. in somebody's ear. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm I, I do enjoy those proams because I think what I've learned from playing with these pros is they like, they enjoy playing with me. My record actually is quite good with um, the pros that I play with in the pro-am go on to play pretty well in the tournament. <laughs> okay. My first pro my pro first pro-am last year, I played in Abu Dhabi with Thomas Peters and then he won that week. I did something with um, Rafa on the range that week. He came second. So the two guys I did stuff with that week came one, two. And then I went to Belgium did something with Sam Horsfield and he won that week. Played the pro am with Sam Horsfield. Yeah, and won that. So you're so, you got, so that's got a good selling point right there that you got to. Yeah, no, keep it's, that. it's pretty crazy. And then it was funny because um, I played last week or two weeks ago. I was in Russell Kaima in Dubai and played the Rack Champ Pro Am with um, Matthew Perron from France, and he was leading through nine holes on Sunday. So it's like it's a, yeah, he he ended up blowing it, but. Um, well, it's we, pretty pretty funny. We caddied for uh, uh, the barstool guys last year at our 3M um, barstool four play guys, and and one of the guys in our group was was Callum Tarum, and he he kind of went on to do the same thing. Like he finished like top five that week, and it's just kind of fun to see the vibes. If your group's just having a lot of fun and you're loose, yeah, because I think I mean these pros from what I've talked to, like I played with Dan Bradbury um, at HSBC a couple weeks ago in Abu Dhabi, and Dan Bradbury. For anyone who doesn't know who he is, he went to FSU, Florida State. He went to a little school in Tennessee. He's from England, but he went on a scholarship in the States. And then he won his very first European tour event, the Joburg Open, like in the fall. Out of nowhere, he got sponsor exemption, and then he won. So he played in the Abu Dhabi tournament, and he was such a nice guy. We played in the Pro-Am, and he ended up um, making a hole-in-one and winning a car. <laughs> cool. But he was like, he was saying, like, he's played a few Pro-Ams, and he's like, I really enjoy the fact that it's just like a chill kind of just a normal game of golf with like people. And he was taking videos of my shots and like, was just kind of, it was cool to see him enjoying it as well. So um, I think that's the cool thing about it is like these pros enjoy the good groups when they get these pro-ams, it's probably like a, a really good thing when there was someone who's not harassing them and, you know, exactly. having a good time. Well, we'll kind of wrap things up here a little bit. One of the things I want to ask you before we do some of that is, you know, you've mentioned your YouTube channel coming out. Any other projects that you're working on that you want to highlight or things you got coming up? I know you've got some traveling coming up. Yeah, I'm pretty busy the next, uh, I'll leave for three months on this weekend. I'm gone um, kind of all around the world. Dang. Um, yeah, so I fly to California next week to do some stuff for Adidas and then um, going to TaylorMade headquarters, do some stuff there. And then I fly to New Zealand for a month, and then I'm going to Mauritius for BMW um, to do some stuff, which Mauritius is like this little country off the coast of Zimbabwe. Never heard of it. No. Yeah, it's like this little like island country. 
Um, so I'm doing some stuff there and then I'm flying to Dubai again. So it's, it's a lot of go, 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 but I'm excited about the YouTube. That's the main focus for 2023 is just get that off the ground. All right. Well, let's do a quick little quick fire question session with you. It's basically one or the other. See what you come up with. I got eight of them here. Okay. First one, hook or slice? Hook. High flop or low runner? High flop. Now, I've seen this one before. It's either driver off the deck or for you're kind of famous for driver out of a bunker. Oh, driver out of the bunker for sure. I do that every <laughs> single time, whether it works or not. <laughs> um, Corey Connors or Adam Hadwin? Corey Connors. Maple Leafs or Blue Jays? Maple Leafs. Uh, now, this is the one I was kind of, uh, I don't know, for, foreshadowing here. The ocean golf or mountain golf? Mountain golf by a million. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Uh, TP5 or TP5X? Honestly, I'm supposed to be in a TP5X, but if it has round and has dimples, I'll probably use it. <laughs> Good. All right, last one kind of goes with your fashion sense. you got to pick one of the other joggers or hoodie. Ooh. I mean, I would have to say joggers just because they've kind of become like my niche. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, Mac, we appreciate your time with us. We appreciate your craft, your dedication to bring entertainment to everybody around the world. Excited to see what uh, your future holds. And, and if your plane ever lands in Minnesota, we can, uh, we'll get you a tea time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, All right man. Take care. Okay, see you later. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.